This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is Leicester Till I Die TV. Watch and subscribe on YouTube and listen on your podcast platform. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Now be sure to watch Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV by subscribing on YouTube and following them on social media for all the latest Leicester City news and information. Come on you foxes! Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on and ready to go. Welcome along, it's Friday at 7 o'clock, it must be the preview show, it certainly is, I tell you what, it's time for revenge this weekend isn't it, third versus fourth, you wait for a top floor, four clash to come along, like buses, you then get two in a week, it's a six pointer for both games, how many of these things can I come up with, one more, can we hammer a nail in the coffin of West Ham's top four ambitions? Hammer and net. Do you see what I did there? Um, yeah, did you? Uh, it's the preview show. <laughs> it is, and I promise you, I'm going to get a new joke book. I really, really am. <laughs> 
can we get back on the bike? We'll hmm. bad performance last week, bad result, a bit of a free hit, really. We were paying the top team in the land. Some would argue possibly the top team in Europe. <sighs> Still, we weren't any worse off. Results went in our favour. We've got West Ham this weekend. Chance to get uh, our own back a little bit. Special show this evening. We've got a special guest, and I'm really, really pleased to welcome him along. Those of you of a certain age like myself and, indeed, Craig, uh, Richard Smith from uh, ex-Leicester City player X-Fox. Let's bring him in say good evening, Richard. Good evening, Chris. Thanks for having me again. Not a problem. I'm glad all my bad jokes and you still come back. It can't be too bad. <laughs> sort that picture out, though. That looks nothing like me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, I was going to say, you haven't changed. Oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I think it's... Uh, I, will, I will try and find another one if I can for you, sir. I appreciate <laughs> it. You know, it's, just... <laughs> it's all right, mate. It's all good. We will uh, also bring my normal colleague in on a uh, preview show. For those of you that have been watching, you'll know some call him the wise old sage. Others call him Colin Crompton. Again, for those of us that are old enough to remember the real Tappers and Shunters Club, he's going to probably bring in the rest of the committee with him as well. We'll say good evening to Craig. Good evening, sir. Good evening, Chris. Good evening, Richard. Good evening. Good evening, everyone. <laughs> Have you got your bell handy? Uh, I've got my what? Excuse me. Your bell handy. You don't remember Will Taffers and Shunters? He used to ring a bell, didn't he? Uh, he did. He had, he had one of those circular bells, I think, that he used to to uh, to go with. And, and I've just noticed that uh, we're all joining the uh, the Rough and Ready Club. This evening, we're clearly, Chris, <laughs> all just paying homage to you with our sort of, you know, a little bit of stubble. Although it's great to see that you're proving the old adage wrong that black is slimming. <laughs> <laughs> well, I gave up on the striped kit, you know, because that wasn't slimming either. And I can't speak for Richard, but I don't know. I, I might be rough, but I've never been ready. I'll tell you <laughs> about that. <laughs> I think it just says how, how lazy we all are. But um, I want to start off, and I think, uh, and this is something that um, uh, uh, Craig uh, did. I think he did a show with somebody on this with uh, with Ray from the Man City uh, fan club uh, about Leicester City, well, about women and Leicester City women in particular who've had a fantastic season um, and they've won promotion to the FA Women's Super League for the first time. So congratulations to them. They've absolutely walked it. Richard, we could do with a few of those in our team, couldn't we? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's an absolutely fantastic achievement, isn't it, to get us up there? Um, yeah. Is it the first, yeah. first time that we've we've been in that in the uh, the top league? So, I mean, it's a great yeah. it's a great asset for the club, isn't it? Yes. Um, yes. On a whole. <clears throat> I mean, they've got now the permanent home, Craig, at, at Beaver Drive. You know, they're part of the um, the King Power family now. It, it's obviously made a difference. And, you know, I've got to be honest with you, I, I watch women's football and, you know, sometimes it's better better than watching men's football. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to go that far. I'll let, I'll let you... Uh become the fanboy of the women's game, Chris, and you can get all the adulation. <laughs> but 
I, I, I must admit to um, tuning into parts of uh, the last couple of games. Uh, I managed to get online just before the end of the last game when they won promotion. It was great to see. And I read an article today about um, how far they'd come in the last seven years, I think, mm. from playing on a on a park pitch and uh, training on a car park to, to getting in the Women's Super League. And obviously with the TV deal that was announced a few weeks ago for the BBC yeah. and Sky to start televising games live, you know, a perfect time for them to get promoted to the top tier. I mean, I must admit, Richard, when I made that comment about the football being being as good as, or better than men's, I was actually referring to the England team because it was the, the, the lay women's England football team I was watching, and it doesn't take a lot of a lot to be better than the men's England team at times, does it? <laughs> Not at late. No, it's been a, a little bit frustrating to watch, hasn't it, at times? But the, you know, we've we've got an exciting summer ahead of us, um, hmm. and I'm sure they'll produce the goods there. Ah well, well I'll, I'll get excited once we actually get to these these, these tournaments. But uh, but this well let's get back because a small matter this weekend top four clash two five past two you can tell that's that's um, arranged for football <laughs> and TV. I mean that's arranged for the TV. Sunday the eleventh from the London Stadium, uh, Leicester City go away to West Ham. It's on Sky Sports. It's on BBC Radio Five Live. If you like the coverage, it's in BBC Radio Leicester. Or, of course, you can listen to uh, a couple of ex-players on lcfc.com. We'll be producing it live as well. Um, big big match, Craig. Six-pointer? I, I referred to it before as a six-pointer. Do you think so? I think it is. And I think uh, we, need to, we need to put in a performance and sort of bounce back from last week. Although... I mean, Man City are playing so well. I think we could have had the the combined armed forces across our defence line and Kevin De Bruyne would have still found a way through it last week, I think. Um, but this is definitely a six-pointer. You know, it's a, it's a difference between having a seven-point gap and a, and a one-point gap. So it is the proverbial six-pointer. And, uh, you know, it's a perfect game to show how far we've come in the way that we fell away last season whether we've now got that uh, that metal and that um, solid mental uh, strength to actually see the job through this year. I mean, Richard, Craig alluded there to sort of last season when, when it all went wrong for us. We haven't had the break this season that we had last season to contend with. But also, last season we had that big gap. And, you know, you, I'm not saying that players ever take you know, the foot off the pedal. But, you know, when you've got a bit of a points gap, you think, well, we've lost a game, you know, we've still got, you know, nine points clear and it slowly whittled away. This season, I don't know whether it makes a difference to it as a player or not, but we haven't got that gap and we have to sort of go out every week and, and I mean, you're saying you don't go out every week and try and win, but you know what I mean? Is that that bit more sort of pressure, is there? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 tighter as well, isn't it? We've always been looking over our shoulders for the last few weeks as well. You know, who's winning, who's not, and I think yeah, last season we did have probably a bit too big a gap if we, if you could ever have one, um, and the complacency set in, didn't it? Obviously, for some reason we don't know why, but um, but I think this this year especially we we seem to have a much more competitive squad as well. Um, mm. You know, even though we've had injuries, we've still been able to, to maintain that competitiveness and 
and, and the players that have come in have done fantastic. So I think the strength in depth is a little bit better this year. Um, and hopefully that'll see us through to, to the end this time. Fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> Craig, I mean, I was talking to the West Ham fan last night. I mean, it's nosebleed time for them. You know, at the start of the season, we we lost to West Ham, obviously, you know, in, in, in early in the season, and it was like disaster. I mean, having said that, that was one of those games where we didn't really turn up. It was a 3-0. We didn't actually have a shot on target for the whole game. At that point, it was like disaster because we're thinking of West Ham as the team, as their own fans thought was going to be another relegation battle. And yet, here they are, the surprise package of the uh, season. And there's, there's no no fans more surprised than their own fans. Yeah, it was not uh, a great performance uh, by any means, was it? I think uh, Declan Rice ran half the length of the pitching crash one against the bar as well so it could have been even worse um you know it just goes to show i think what uh what most people knew that the david Moyes is a good manager you know i think he was very unlucky to not last long at manchester united and he was really unlucky to get booted out of west ham after he'd done a good job and kept them up before um he knows what he's doing he's an experienced manager he's getting the best out of, the, out of his players he's not asking them to do anything they're not capable of they're not complicating it they're not uh, looking at you know over tacticalizing the game as it were they just play to their strengths and, and they're, they're doing really well and um, you know it's going to be a tough game and fair play to, to West Ham you know very much like you know on, on a lesser level the way that people thought we were going to fall away when we won the league you know people have been saying week after week that West Ham are going to fall away and they've just been strengthening uh, their position so it's, it's a tough game Richard, I mean, Craig said there, um, David Moyes is a good manager. Personally, I've never been kind of over-impressed with him. I mean, he, you know, his time at Everton, he always promised so much, never quite delivered because, you know, they, they, they would never sort of won anything with him there. Uh, yes, I agree, Man United, he wasn't given a chance. And let's be honest with you, Whoever followed Ferguson, unless, unless they, they produced miracles, wasn't going to last long. West Ham, yeah, again, I have to agree with Craig there. He wasn't given a chance the first time round. He comes in again. The fans at that point didn't want him. The, the, you know, the last guy they wanted. What he's doing now it is amazing. Do you think he's a good manager? I think he's he's obviously got some qualities there. Um for so many clubs to keep taking him to you know to giving him a position but uh, yeah. maybe he's gained that experience along the way now and he's, he's he's finally worked out how he wants to do things and and like craig says he he's not it's not full of stars is it west ham he's got them playing in no. such a way to their strengths very much like we used to do when we well, when we won the league etc you play to your strengths and maybe he's, he's got that now where that experience from a lot of these knockbacks that he's managed to to find a way of winning. And um, mm. I'm going to take my hat off him because I'm much agreement to yourself, Chris, that I wasn't a big fan of him. But you, you can't look at the league and, and deny what he's doing now. It's, it's there 
later on in the season and they're still up there and they're getting stronger. So he's, he's definitely turned it around for me. Yeah. It is. This may be his season. Maybe he feels he's got something to prove. I mean, Craig, sometimes bringing a player in can save... Not, I'm not saying that he was in risk of losing his job, but it can save a manager's job or it can turn a manager's look around. I mean, Puel may well have gone earlier had he not brought Harvey Barnes back mm. from, from West Ham. Bringing Lingard in... Who, if I remember at the time, Leicester mm-hmm. players, because we were linked with him, were like, "Oh my God, no, we don't want Lingard." He's like, he's like, um, he's like <laughs> getting a real tune out of him, isn't he? I think, um, I think players like Lingard just almost like to be given their head and just be told to go out and, and express themselves, as it were. You know, he's not being asked again. He's not being asked to do much defensively. We don't really know what he was being asked to do at Manchester United. You know, that that he went through a few managers there and nobody could seem to get a tune out of him um, in, in the last sort of three, four, five years. You know, whether there's too like much expectation on him. Exactly. He's just been given his head, said, right, go out, show us what you can do. You know, if you lose the ball, if you... I don't think, you know, fans are not there, so it's very different. And I think West Ham are probably one of the teams who have actually benefited from fans not being there in the early part of the season because, you know, when things weren't going so great, you know, the fans really make a difference at West Ham and can can really get on the manager's back. So I think they're probably one of the few where it's benefited them. But because of that, you know, your players like Lingard are allowed to make mistakes without fans getting on their back. You know, they, they can go and do it. And if you make a mistake being positive and going forward, you know, people will uh, will let you get away with it a little bit more, I think. And uh, he's taking this chance and, he, and he's almost looking like a shoe-in for the England squad. Yep. Just going to quickly say good evening and thank you for joining us to Luca's Life. Um, if it comes up, there we go. Um, we're all well, thank you, Luke. I hope you are. Is an Arsenal fan, unlucky last night, but I was actually uh, join. I did actually join an Arsenal watch along, believe it or not, because I, I know a couple of the guys uh, who were broadcasting. I did warn them that Slavia were actually a better team than you give them credit for, and I think they proved that right at the end. But going back to obviously more important matters, obviously Leicester City, <laughs> Richard. Lingard, I mean, you know, we, we were linked with him um, in January. Would you would you go for him? Could he bring on anything form, to us? Yeah, I mean, on current form, he's, he's, a, he's, absolutely, he's a pleasure to watch at the moment. But he's one of them players, isn't he, that is a very much of a confidence player. Very much. If he can, like Craig says, be given a free role and just go and express yourself, he's the type of player that, that can change a game. Um and he's very much on, on high in confidence at the moment. You can see in the ways he's playing, he's trying things, he's not holding back. He's got no pressure from the fans, as Craig has, has said again. You know, I think he's 100% correct there. It's, he's that type of player. If somebody gets on his back a little bit, he might be the one that kind of shies away from what he would normally be doing. Um, but at the moment, he's, he's reaping the rewards for the situation, isn't he? <laughs> He is indeed, certainly. Uh, Craig, do you think he's the sort of player that Brendan could get a tune out of? I think I think he's the player um, is the kind of player that Brendan would like. Um, whether Brendan would allow him as much freedom 
um, off the ball, uh, as Moyes does, I'm not sure, because I know Brendan does like his uh, his players to drop deep and do their share of defending as well. So whether he would mm. whether he would suit him, but definitely as a as an offensive player, he's definitely the the sort. Again, I'm not sure how old he is. Whether his age would go against him uh, from Brendan looking at him, I'm not sure. We do look to unless you're bringing in proven quality and. We all know Lingard's got quality, but it's not proven over a period of time at, at the moment. He's having a good season. Um, so, we, you know, unless you're going to do that and get someone towards the, the latter end of their career, I would say, who you know will do a good job for three, four seasons, we tend to look at players who have got a sell-on value. And I don't think there would be any sell-on value from Lingard after he'd come to us. So, I think there's a lot to weigh up, but from a purely playing perspective, He's definitely somebody who would suit us, I think. He's 20... I've just checked. The the, 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 the advantage of having two laptops next to each other, I can Google at the same time, which makes me look really knowledgeable. I mean, Craig is naturally a, ways, a wise old sage. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just <laughs> old, but I have got two laptops. Jesse Lingard is 28, believe it or not. I, I thought he might be a bit older than that. He seems to have been around yeah. for ages, Richard. Um we need another striker, don't we? I mean, we've got only two recognised strikers who at the moment have, have hit it off brilliantly and are playing well together as those two up front. But we're going to, we're going to so, and we've seen this for sort of the last couple of years in like four windows, we need another striker. But surely this, you know, off season, we've got to go and get, and get a third one. Yeah, I think you absolutely. Yeah, yeah. As well as the the guys are doing up front at the moment, if if one of them gets injured, we're we're a bit stumped again, aren't we? On that that current um, situation that we're in, yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm not sure who the type of player that we need. In all honesty, it's, is it another um, like Craig, a Lingard type player, somebody who can drop a bit deeper and create it, or do we need an out and out striker? Um, I mean, how many goals is Lingard going to get you a season? I don't know. Is he? He'll do well to get into double figures, wouldn't he? He's that type of yeah. player. I mean, yeah. um, how many has he got this year? Do we know? Um, um, he's got eight this year. Oh no, sorry. He's got he's got six goals this year, um, and he's made eight eight appearances. That's not that's not a bad bad. No, uh, that's not bad six spell, eight, is it? Yeah, yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? But we definitely do need some more depth in in that position. Um, mm. I'm not sure where Brendan would go with that, though. Obviously, he's been looking. Mm. Craig, we, 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 like we said before, we do I'm need not, another not, one. I, see, I'm not, I'm not sure of of Lingard's type. When 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 players are mentioned, you know, I look at who would you drop for him. You know, that, that's the, my first question. Who would you play him instead of? And at the moment, I'm not sure who I would play him instead of. So, therefore, he, he automatically becomes a squad player. And Lingard's a player who needs to play week in, week out. I don't think he's one of those. A little bit like Perez, a little bit like Ian Acho, that if they're just coming off the bench and getting little bits and pieces, they don't show their true worth. Uh, and I think what you would end up doing is almost creating another problem. Uh, with a Lingard, if if our squad stays as it is, I'm not sure where he fits in. To be honest, 
he would probably replace Perez. But then, you know, when Harvey Barnes comes back, is Perez still playing as well? So it's these problems that Brendan has in terms of keeping a happy squad. But you know there are... If you've got younger players that you know have got something in them that you can help and develop, then I think they're a little bit more um, accepting of, of a place on the bench and knowing that they're they're growing as a player. Bringing in someone like Lingard is going to expect to play. And uh, so I, it would just probably cause another problem for me. It's a manager, aren't they? Sorry, Richard. Sorry, the players, uh, such as the younger players coming through, like Craig said there, they're easier to manage. Uh, they're not expected to play week in, week out, but when they do, you know, that they are easier to manage, whereas Lingard would, would be expecting a place. Um, and it, it can cause friction. But next season, we're going to have a, a, a Jenny Vardy who's getting, you know, you've got to say with, with you know, obviously love him to, love him to bits, but how many full seasons of 90 minutes has he got in him so he's going to have to be replaced i know craig said who do we replace you know if he gets a knock whereas he you know a couple of seasons ago he was out for one two games he's now out for four or five games you know coming back we know he's not you know on full full fitness full form we, we've seen that we're going to be again we're going to be on four fronts which includes hopefully the champions league we're going to need a big squad but, Craig, do we need to bring somebody in? Or as Scott, and good evening, Scott, thanks for joining us, says here, um, do we sort of give a, a, a chance to some of the um, younger players? Um, he's named on there Kamal Sohar. I don't know if I've pronounced that right. You no, know, I'm like with my pronunciations. Anything past uh, <laughs> past Chris Brown, and I'm struggling. Um, and, uh, and he's made the point here, you know, we've got a lot of players out on loan, but we do need... That you know that Vardy replacement and soon to give them time to bed in whether that's um, Eduardo from Celtic or Lingard whoever, um, but we haven't got the biggest squad. We know that there's players that we're going to be losing at the back. We're going to lose Morgan. We're going to lose Fuchs almost certainly. The squad is aging. We we do need to build that up. And definitely, we we do. Um... But I think you've got to build that, or Brenda's got to build that um, cleverly and uh, and bring in players who know, you know, when you're bringing a player in from, uh, from, from abroad or from a lower league, you know that their expectations are different, as, as Richard uh, said there. They, you get to sell the club to them. You get to sell the project. You tell them that they may not play every week, but they'll get games. You know, it will be in a lot of competitions. They'll get games. The same thing happened when Soyuncu came. I think he, he wasn't expecting to play. He got his chance and he got in straight away and, he, and he's kept it the same with Fafana. Probably wasn't expecting to play as many games as he has. But I think when you're buying somebody, particularly who's in their last... You know, Lingard would be looking now for his last contract. You know, at the age of 28, whatever he gets, he's going to be asking for three, four years. He's going to be asking for some big money. Do you do that in this squad, you know, knowing that he's not necessarily going to play that many games? I don't see him as a Jamie replacement at all. For me, he's a he's a number 10. So you're looking then at, at Madison, you know, and I can't see him um, displacing Madison, to be honest. So I'm, I'm not sure Lingard's the sort of player that, that we need. But if we are bulking up the squad, I know we've been linked with a couple of players, another young defender from... Uh, 
from uh, Turkey, I think, a Hungarian lad. Um, and there's a few strikers that we're being linked with. But I think I don't think you can pad it out with um, sort of towards the end of their career Premier League players because what you do do then is you end up with a bench full of those sort of players as well. So the opportunities for the younger players to even make the bench become limited as well. You imagine bringing in a Lingard and saying, well, this week you're not even going to make the bench, mate. It, it's not going to happen. So you block the pathway to the younger players. And if we're I'm, setting I'm ourselves up to be... <laughs> Go on. I'm laughing not at you there, uh, Craig, but with you, because <laughs> I remember um, there was a time and I used to call us the Derby and Jones Football Club because we seemed to get all these players at the end of their Premier League career. We were in the Championship. We had Keown came to us at the end of his career, Ferdinand, uh, Dublin, and it, and it was like we, uh, we, um, I say you came to us almost like you're saying there for your pension. I want, I want to move on because we've, we've kind of gone off in a separate way, but uh, I just want to say hello to David Gamble. David, hi, welcome along. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Brookline, all the way from America. And I want to just finish on this before we get back to the West Ham game, Richard. Under didn't work out. The rumours are now that we're not going to sign him. And, you know, I can't argue as much as I thought he was the guy. And, and he seemed, when he came on, to sort of be keen and wanting to shoot and what have you. He's not been the player. And, you know, Brendan sees him a lot more than we do. We've been um, linked with Thavin, is it? Again, again, I can't pronounce it. But that right wing, with Mark getting on a little bit now, Mark Brighton. That is something we're going to have to look at, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a shame Unders not worked out. Um, I think people spoke highly of him at the beginning, but yeah, we've. I think we've seen on a on a regular basis that he's not quite um, Premier League standard. I don't think, especially the top half of the Premier League. Um, yeah, Mark Albright, and he, he he keeps doing it, doesn't he? I mean, we, we say, yeah. is he coming to the end of his career? But I don't know who knows. He's, he seems like he's one of the fittest guys out there at the moment. Um, and he always puts in such a shift. Um, we, we have options, don't we? Um, you know, people can play. I mean, Barnes can swap from side to side as, as Perez as well. I mean, I don't know whether the, he can slot into that sort of wider area. Um but yeah, I mean, again, it's 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 squad building, isn't it? It's squad strengthening, yes. and we do need these type of areas that, to be filled, especially. Yeah, um, I think we, we're pretty strong at the back when we've got everybody fit. I think we've got a really, really strong defence now. Um, yeah. I think I think this season has kind of blown everything out of all proportion, if you like, because of what's gone on and how the season's been and the shortage of space, you know, time. We've then got the, you know, the Euros in the summer. Is it the World Cup this year at Christmas or something? I, I, I don't know, but there's all these extra international games. But don't start me on international games. Craig will, Craig will tell you what I'm like when I start talking about international yeah. games. But let's 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 get back to, to, to West Ham. Craig... Pretty much um, tight between us. I mean, you know, 27 times we've played in the Premier League. They've won 12. We've won nine, uh, six draws. It's it's going to be a tough game, isn't it? It is. I mean, I, we've got a, quite 
a decent record away though i think uh, over recent uh, recent seasons um and i think i think it's it's probably one of those ideal games for us to bounce back in because it's not it's not going to be a, a a sort of you know playing a a team that's fighting for their lives it's all going to be a little bit um manic you know and and you've got a lot to lose we know that this is going to be a tough uh, a tough game but i think what the team need to be doing now is almost you know we've got we've got the remnants of our title winning season and for me i look at this as a you've got to get into the same mindset as we did when we won the league that we were there to be shot at now forget the top 2 you know even though we could you know conceivably take over man united but take that third position as if we're top of the league at the minute and everybody's expecting us to to drop away everybody's trying to shoot us and catch us and i think we need to invoke that sort of mentality from the likes of vardy from the likes of schmeichel you know the others that are still at the club wes morgan and try and instill that thought of that thought process that we're there to be shot at but this year after what we went through last year we're much mentally stronger and and i think this is an ideal game for us to show whether we can uh, see it through or whether we we might be under a little bit of pressure and i'm sure the players will feel it and the players will respond to it richard we were talking before we came live and trying to forget last <laughs> last week's uh with this week's game um that was almost a free hit. this if you like and it's been said quite a bit this is probably the more important game well it is isn't it yeah um man city have gone yeah they're, they're too far ahead for us obviously and that like i think that game proved that a little bit last week um i think that's the difference between where we are and where they are at the moment um but yeah it's it's, it's a big game isn't it sunday um yeah and I think uh, after the experience of what we had last year, I mean, experience is massive in football. We, we've been there, we've done that last year, and we, we faded badly. So the players will be hell-bent on not letting anything like that happen again. You know, They'll be very conscious of that. Um, and I think Sunday's game is going to be an ideal um, situation for them to be able to, to prove that point. I mean, I'll just stick with you for this one, Richard, because uh, as a player and how these things affect you. Because I can remember a, a few years ago, it, it's, it's recently, and I'll never forget the Watford game, you know, in the playoff semi final. We, you know, we were there, we had that penalty. There's me and I've got two sons, me and one son jumping up and down, cheering. And my older son turns on and says, Yeah, but dad, we've got to score this yet. And I blame him to this day. I blame him for knockout missing. But when that happened, and we were we were so. I mean, you know, it literally you you could taste the Premier League. We were that close. And I think had we got through to the final, I honestly think we would we would have won that. The next season, we went out almost like determined we weren't going to be in the playoffs. We went up as as champions, and we broke virtually every record that was going for number of wins away wins wins on the trot as a, as a player do, do, do you think about things like that do you think like right you know not going to let that happen again yeah i mean absolutely i mean there's situations that you never forget you know i played mm. in the swindon playoff final um yeah 
you know, and <laughs> having been three, that one as well. Yeah, yeah. having been three nil down and got back to three all, there was only going to be one winner, but we lost. Yeah. Um, but then we carried it on for the next year, and and the mentality of the players were, we're not going to let that happen again. Um, so it's the same scenario. I think coming from last year, it's well documented. The players will know what everybody's talking about. Um, it'll be you know it'll be weighing heavily on their shoulders from last year. There'll be nobody more disappointed than the players. I can tell you that. You know, as much as we are fans, but the players will be absolutely devastated that they didn't produce what they should have. Um, so this year, I, I, you know, I'm convinced that we're going to have enough. Um, to see it through. Craig, as the scorer of one of the best ever goals at the King Power, <laughs> your friend Keith used to keep reminding us. Um, the, the manager shouldn't really, the, man, the manager, you know, will remind it, but like, like Richard said there, you know, it, it, that's all he should have to do really, isn't it? Is stick a, a table up from last year or the Man United resort up from last year in the, in the changing room and that should be um, that should be enough to get them going. Well, it should be, but, you know, Richard obviously knows this much better than I do, but these are the almost like the unseen parts of a player's makeup that when you're just watching a game that you don't really see, we, we judge people on how skillful they are, what a good finisher they are. But that inner strength and the mental side of a game of a top, top player is really important. We, we've seen it for years uh, with the likes of Barcelona. You know, when you're at the top, they always say how hard it is to win it again, but you've got to have that mental toughness to be able to go and do it again. Um, and this is this is no different. This is the mental strength side of a footballer coming out. And as Richard touched on there, you know, that, you know, we feel it, but the players feel it as well. The players, when you think how many players go through academies and the like. It's not just their playing skill that gets them through to the top. It's the mental strength. It's their attitude. It's all of those things that are brought to bear just for parts of a season or even little microcosms of a game, you know, that where the difference comes between top, top players and the average players. And I think we've got some really top players. And let's not forget, People are playing for places in Euro squads as well. You know, whether whether I've put him in my team or not, the likes of Madison has got something to prove over the next few weeks uh, for when Gareth names his squad. You know, and it's not just that. You know, there's other players in the in the in the Belgium squad that play. People are playing for their places in squads at the minute for the Euro. So there's so much going on at the minute. People want to be in the team. They want to be playing in the FA Cup semi final. I'm sure. So. They can't let their standards drop. And that mental side is going to be where we win or fail. If you, if you believe um, Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville, it's uh, Madison's not going to even be in the squad for the Euros. But we will wait and see whether he makes your squad in a bit, Craig. Um, Richard, we said how tight it is. I mean, you know, as you look at the table there, I mean... I am literally. We're doing a watch along on 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 the show on on Sunday. I'm going to be absolutely. I'm going to have about three pairs of spare underpants next to me. I mean, if they win, they're one point behind us. It is it is squeaky bum time. I mean, it's so tight there. But going into the game, you know, if you look at sort of you know recent uh, recent results, well, the last five results there, you know, two wins, two losses, and a draw each. 
there's, there's nothing to separate us. The, the goal difference is almost the same, goals for and goals against. I don't know about you. I am really, really nervous. <laughs> oh, I'm the opposite, actually. I'm really looking forward to Sunday's game. You know, I wasn't looking forward to last week's game um, <laughs> because I kind of, you kind of knew what was coming to a certain extent. But I think these are two teams that are, um, yeah, fighting for that that end goal. You know, this this game could be quite decisive, couldn't it? So it's there's going to be a lot at stake. Um, but I think we've just got. I think we've got the quality to get us through this. Um, personally, I think we. I think we'll get a result on Sunday. Um, I'm pretty confident. I will remind you of how confident you yep. are when we speak pre, when we speak pre-match and the team's been announced. Because Craig, you got me that's that's um, having to sort of watch the game sat on the lavatory. You've got Richard there, who's that that confident he's going to be sat there, laid back in his armchair with with a scotch at the side. Which side of the fence are you falling on? I'm confident. I I, I think, um, as I said, I think this is a great game for us to go into. You know, we've seen that uh, as, as much of, of that West Ham have, are good going forward, we've also seen they've got a bit of a soft underbelly. They gave away a three-goal lead against Arsenal. They almost did the same against Wolves. Um, and, you know, Wolves had a lot of uh, efforts in that first half as well. So, you know, even even when, if, they, if they got a goal up, that shouldn't really, you know, knock our confidence either because we know we... We've still got the record, I think, for the most late goals uh, in the last quarter of a game or last 15 minutes of a game. Yeah. West Ham must be right up there in terms of the numbers conceded. So I think we've, we sometimes, as a Leicester fan, we we big up the opposition um, a little bit too much and we knock ourselves down. You know, it's just the nature of being a, a fan, I think. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm siding with Richard. I'm, I'm quite confident on this one. I mean, again, you probably won't know Richard Craig will, will tell you my hatred of um, of Wolverhampton Wanderers goes back to the Mark McGee uh, saga. But I've I'm never cheered them on so much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He played me at right back. I mean, I've, I've never played right back in my life. He played me there. Maybe we were lucky that he went then if he didn't know what he was doing. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, but I've never cheered Wolves on as much as that. And, you know, 3-2, I'm like, come on, come on. It, is, uh, it was embarrassing. I'm going to say, uh, again, another good evening here to, to Richard Um He's got his channel, Rich Sports. Check it out on YouTube. It's a really good channel. He's a Man United fan, uh, which probably means he's from Surrey. But he's, a, he's a Man United fan, but his shows are great because there's a lot of just general Premier League content in there. Rich Sports on YouTube. It's well worth a look, a, a look I mean. And he's saying he wants a draw, but he hopes that the uh, we both get into the top four. So cheers, Rich. Um, you're not hoping as much as we are, but <laughs> thanks a lot. Um, Tony says here we play better away from home. Um, we, we was that way. Would you still say it's that way, Craig? I think it's pretty much balanced out now, hasn't it? Um, I think we've had some better results at home, yeah, than, than we had done. I think um, I think we had a shocking home record early on in the season, but I think away from home, our uh, our record has has held up. To be honest, I think we're, uh, and I think you know we keep saying it's a strange season. Um, you know, the no fans thing does make a difference. I, I mean, Richard, you'll know better than 
than we do, what an impact uh, fans have, either positively or negatively, for home fans when it's not going so well, uh, and whether the away team feeds off that um, and, and can sense the, the home fans getting on their backs. So that's been taken away from it. But it'd be interesting to, to know from your perspective how much you can actually take the vibes of the fans that are in the ground or whether you are so concentrated on what's going on on the pitch. Yeah, you are so focused on your individual role and, and, and as a team collectively, but you, you can't you can't ignore the the energy that, that comes from the stadiums. You can't you can't ignore it, especially at this level as well. Um it's it's inspiring to be honest with you when you walk out on that pitch and and and, and you feel the crowd, whether you're home or away, you, you do feel the energy. And so like you said, if if the home supporters are getting on your back, it, it gives you a lift. It does give you a lift as an away team. Um but there's always that at the back of your mind. As soon as the home side scores a goal, you're up against it again. You know, the energy's back again for the home team. So, um, absolutely. I think it's it's almost 10, 20% taken away from the game without, without the supporters at the moment. Um, I know we've got used to watching it now and listening to the, to the, the sound effects on, on the TV, which is, you know, it's quite embarrassing at times. But, yeah, it's... You know they've done the best they can for that. Um, but let's, I didn't mean that. The energy—it's it, uh, you can't ignore that, and it does make a difference, definitely. But for my experience, we're going to look at the um, see if 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 Craig can do better than Mark McGee and not put a, a central defender in at right back in a second. But I just want to just on that point because at the start of the season. And it's just a, a quick answer for me both before we move on. It's um, do you prefer when you watch it on the telly, do you go for the channel with no crowd effects or do you go for the channel with crowd effects? For me, it's with crowd effects because otherwise it's, it's like watching the training game. Richard first, which do you prefer? Well, I'm the opposite because I, I love to hear the communication. You can actually hear the players talking and you, you know yeah. which players are the leaders. Um, you can hear Michael, you can hear Johnny Evans you, all day long. You, yeah, that, that gives me the insight on, on who's the leaders on the pitch, who's giving the directions. Yeah. Um, and I think that's maybe just because I, I have played, I understand the communication yeah. side of it. But um, yeah, all day long for me, yeah. No, no, no sound. <laughs> Craig? Yeah, I, I, I have the crowd sound on, to be honest. Although sometimes... You know, I remember particularly there's been a couple of games where even Schmeichel cuts through that. You know, it's almost like he's wearing a mic. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, with without without any crowd noise, I find it a little bit um, deadly almost. You know, it, it is yeah. good to hear, you know, what you can hear. But then, mm. yeah, it it, it 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 just shows it. I think this has showed, and I really hope, just, just, just a second on this, I really hope that the clubs take into account how much the fans mean. I, as, again, Richard, you, you know better, but as a fan, sometimes you get the feeling that the crowd is taken for granted. The fact that they will always be there, uh, and you are just seen as a, as a, as a, you know, not just as a paying customer, but you are less important. And of course, we're less important than the players. But I think this has shown how important 
the fans are and what a part they play in the success or otherwise of a club. And, and I really hope that when we're back in there, that, that the clubs and the players sort of recognise that and uh, and take that on board. And, and, we're, and, and fans are almost seen in a new light as to what they bring to football. Would you agree with that, Richard? Football's nothing without fans. It, it, it is nothing. You know, it's, 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 you, you take the heart away from it, don't you? You know, the supporters make the game, in all honesty, as good as the players are to watch, without the atmosphere and that they create the game situation. You know, they create the energy. And, um, yeah, I totally agree with you that clubs need to recognise how important, which I think they do now, um, whether they did before, a lot of them used to take them for granted, but I know Leicester have always, uh, mm. as a club, have been so supportive of, of the fans. Mm. Couple of comments here, and then we'll go and have a look. Like you say, uh, 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 Craig with uh, with Brendan's hat on. Peter Hyde, good evening, Peter, uh, all the way from South End. Hopefully, it's well. If it's sunny at this time of night. Uh, tough bloody game. Three words to sum it up there. Uh, Andy basically sums it all up about the fans. Totally agree with you here, Andy. Good evening. With crowd effects, otherwise it's like watching Forest. Couldn't have put it better myself, young Andrew. I really couldn't. Right, we're just going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back. And, and Craig, tonight you've got Richard, who is going to probably agree or disagree with, with your team selection. It'll be interesting to see what he thinks. But uh, we'll be right back after this uh, few seconds. Quick message. Hi, Alan Smith here. Be sure to watch and listen to Chris on Leicester Till I Die TV. You can also subscribe on YouTube and various social media channels. Up the foxes! Thanks a lot there, Alan. Now, I don't know if this is going to work because Craig, being Craig, has gone for a formation <laughs> this week that doesn't even exist on any formation finder that I could find. Certainly not the one that I use most weeks with the picture. Um, <laughs> I had to kind of use a different one. So, Richard, if this goes tits up, you can you blame Craig. And I've just realised it looks a bit like University Challenge at the moment, doesn't it? You know, I feel like I could put my hand down there and the finger will come out on top of Craig's head. But... Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. it'd be worse than that it'd be my foot after you pick this team right let's just have a look and see how if this is going to work and I don't know if it will um, there we go it might It might just I don't know if anybody can actually see that or not because it is quite small but um, I think um, and again I've got numbers here it's, it's even shown me uh, Craig the right midfield yeah. as a centre midfield. You pick this formation again, <laughs> mate. I'm having somebody else on the show. I promise you. That. <laughs> but um, quick, quick, quick yeah. quiz question for you here, Richard. Who do you think Craig's gone for in goal? <laughs> Peter. <laughs> <laughs> I think that one. That one, in fairness, is always a given. A bit like three yeah, points to Man City. We yeah. give him that one. Now, Craig, mm. after the success of us playing three at the back, 
and it has been apart from it has been really successful recently with the two up front three at the back and the you know the becoming five when the two wing backs sort of fall back. You've actually gone mm. for a back four this time. I have. There's there's a couple of reasons for that. One is that I, I want to get the offensive players on the pitch who I think can take the game to West Ham. But also I, I'm I'm okay with a back three if the players are in their right positions. And again, it's great having you on, Richard, because you'll be able to to tell tell us from a from an actual player's perspective whether I'm talking rubbish, which is obviously often the case. But for me, particularly, I, I think there's more in being a right-sided centre-half and a left-sided centre-half than some people sometimes give credit for, particularly if you're playing in a three. If you're always a right-sided player and then you're asked to play on the left, is that a big difference or am I sort of making that up? Because I... I I see players like that and they look much more comfortable playing off their left or playing off their right. So when they're asked to switch, for me, it looks a little bit awkward. And the fact that we asked Fafana, a great player that he is, to, to switch over because Suyunchi wasn't there when we brought Amati in, for me, it just takes a little bit away. Is Am, am I making too much of playing right or left as a, as a centre-half? No, no, absolutely. No, you're spot on for me, Craig. Yeah, I mean... Uh, we all know Evans has got quite a sweet left foot, actually, the balance-wise. Um, he's very comfortable on his left side as well. So, yeah, absolutely. If, if the more dominant left-sided will play the left-sided and, and, and likewise with the right side, it's just so much more natural. Um, you know, the, the angles that you're looking at, the balls you're looking to play, everything about it, positioning-wise, is, is a lot more natural and that's what you need as a player. You need to feel comfortable. That's, I uh, the back that's, that's good to hear, Richard. Because yeah, yeah because I, you know, I, I look at that when I'm picking the, the centre halves and or the back three or whatever it is on which side they're most comfortable. So I don't like to just play the defenders just because they're defenders. For me, know, you know, I'd rather play on, a yeah. balanced. I'd rather play a balanced team than than basically just moving someone over because they're a, a centre half, as it were. And and for me, I think we looked a little bit unbalanced uh, last week. Craig, I've filled that in. I'm just going to say as a, this to say hello to, to Stefan. Uh, yes, we are back. Stefan is Richard. I'll introduce him to you. He's an Aston Villa fan who actually probably spends more time on this site than he does his own. He, he's a wannabe <laughs> closet Leicester fan. <laughs> Stefan, you know I'm joking. I love you really. Nice to have you on board. Thanks very much. After you said all that, Craig, have I put those players in the right order for you? Yeah, so Evans on the left and Fafana on the right um, of the of the pair, and then Ricardo and Castagna. That, that that to me is people playing in their most comfortable mm. positions across the back four. If, if you play in Richard a back four, that is as strong a back four as we've got at the club, isn't it? You could possibly say Justin. Um, but, you know, if you're going to go for a back four, I, I, I do like that back four. Yes. Yeah, it's it's proven this season that those are, I mean, it's nice to have Ricardo back. I still don't think he's 100%. Um, 
Uh, we've mm. not seen what we did last year just yet, but you know, the more he plays, the quicker he'll get back into that. Um, yeah, for me, Fafana has been an absolute. He's <laughs> uh, been brilliant this season. Whatever he's, every game he's played, he's been fantastic. And Evans and Castagna, you know, they're both internationals, and um, yeah, it, yeah, it's solid. And we've got Soyuncu as well. I mean, but is he is he fit for uh, for Sunday? As well, so, no, he's you know, got he's got the COVID, hasn't he? Still, yeah. Oh, okay, so he's not available. Okay, no, um, no. I mean, that, that's that's as strong as it gets. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, we, with the players we've got, and we, we know we know we've been unlucky, um, but we have got. When you come to think, you know, you look there. And we talk. Uh, we were talking earlier about the players we were signing. You know, forget about James Justin. Forget about Soyuncu. Those to come back in, but Craig, you've been. And I know, obviously, it's a case of of, of who you can there uh, play, uh, who's available. Um, Evans, I mean, I always remember when Evans first came to us, those first few games, he didn't look comfortable at all. Since then, he has become a stalwart of the, uh, of the squad. You know, he's there for me. He's, he, he's cause only nothing against Casper. You know, I just don't like goalkeepers as captains. To me, he, yeah. he is a, a, a captain. But let's be honest with you, the last, last game or so, you know, you, you weren't very happy with him. And be careful, remember, no, we've got I, a defender watching here. I know, and I, I, will always, I will always bow down to the, uh, the, the better knowledge <laughs> and the experience, obviously. But um, I don't know, sometimes, sometimes I think because we know that Evans can be so solid, when he drops below it, it, it almost becomes a little bit frustrating and uh and i've read quite a bit this year and and, and he, he gets really frustrating when he just stands there with the ball and i've read of why he does it you know to try and draw players to him to create space but i think sometimes particularly this season where it seems to be every team is so very well organized sometimes he's a little bit too slow in moving the ball on and then teams get back in their shape and it makes it a little bit more difficult for us to actually break them down. So I find him a little bit frustrating in terms of him not moving the ball quick enough for me. Yeah. Moving forward then, I think again, the the defensive midfielder role, I think we know who that's going to. I don't think you'd argue with that, would you, Richard? Absolutely not. No, no. Best in the league at the moment for that position. Yeah. First name on the team sheet, Craig, almost. I think so if he's fit because I think everything revolves around him. I, I you know, I've, I've said this before. I don't like it when Brendan started playing a two earlier in the season. For me, when you've got two defensive midfielders, it can almost be well, the other one will pick that guy up, the other one will do that covering. When it's indeed his job, he knows it's his sole his sole job. That's his area of the pitch to look after. There's none of this. I'll leave it to the other guy. So I think you get much more out of uh, Indeedy when he's playing on his own rather than with a, a, a defensive back two there. Now, I had to ask you, when you when just move, move, there's my OCD taking over. I want the player to be dead <laughs> in the centre. <laughs> um, I had to ask you this earlier when, when, when you sent me the team through in advance to sort of do the graphics and what have you, about this um, three mid, attacking midfielders. I mean, centre midfield there, is that... Well, who are you going to have in the centre midfield? 
Uh, Tielemans. I mean, he, he often plays a little bit deeper anyway, as, as I said, you know, and you keep uh, giving me stick for that. I see him as, as the quarterback in this team where Here we go. he dictates <laughs> play. Um, so he, he naturally plays a little bit deeper anyway, you know, not not alongside uh, Ndidi, but he does play almost in front of him. Um, so he's always going to be the guy in the middle for me pulling the strings. Okay. Now then, here's where we get a little bit controversial, um, and I'd be interested on Richard's thoughts on this one. Let us first of all go. Um, let's go left midfield first of all. Okay, so I've got Madison in there. Has he now? Just I don't know. Has he played on the left much? Or I mean, I know he's obviously more central, isn't he? Yeah, for me though, I think that I think this formation, the way I've done this, is that you know, with Tielemans dropping, Madison and Perez can interchange. You know, we have to stick them on a pitch somewhere, but for me, they can be, they can they can be really hard to pick up for West Ham's defensive line. And with Declan Rice not being there, for me, they can almost have free roles switching around those two positions between them and just finding pockets of space that we can actually, that Tielemans can get them on the ball. That That's for me, rather than them being stuck in a, in a right or left-sided position. I think we've got fullbacks who like to use that space in front anyway. And I think sometimes when you're playing with out-and-out -out wingers, it can actually um, stop the, the, the fullbacks getting forward because they find someone in, in their way. Whereas these tend to want to drift inside anyway. So... I think with Tielemans dropping a little bit deeper, those two can interchange and cause a lot of problems for West Ham. Richard, um, Perez on the wing again, not not been his best position this season. Um, Madison, more of a central player. What, what are your thoughts on, on that? Um, yeah, I mean, I like it, to be fair. Like, like Craig says, uh, there's going to be a lot of rotation within them positions. There's some dropping deep, some pulling forward, Wilf will be receiving and well, we'll be winning the ball and playing it simple to Tielemans or, or Madison themselves, I guess. I mean, I mean, to be fair, Perez, the last few games, I've been a lot more impressed with him. Um, when I was first on the show, you know, we had a discussion about um, uh, Perez himself over the season on a whole and we all kind of agreed that he's been quite poor, but at late, I think he's He's actually stood out for me, and he's uh, he's put in some good good performances. So deservedly, I think he should be in the team at the moment, um, and it's exciting to have that kind of quality within the midfield. Craig, you know I often disagree with you, but you've got Richard on your side, so I'm going to sit back here <laughs> and go. <laughs> great, great choice, Thanks, mate. Richard. I would have done that exactly the same. <laughs> but I think the uh, now this this will impress you. I don't think it impresses you at all. Not that I'm looking at it at all, but I think we know which two players are going to go up front there. The most impressive thing will be you spelling Nacho correctly. <laughs> which is correct. That is correct there. <laughs> yeah. I think, you um, you know, I think for me, yeah, I think, well, this is the thing in terms of the, you know, one of the reasons that I've gone back to the back, four is that I think we've got players who don't deserve to be dropped. I don't think Perez or Ian Acho deserve to be dropped. 
And I think we need to get Madison back on the pitch. You know, he looked hungry when he had that short period uh, uh, in the last game. I think he he's going to be fighting for a, a Euro squad spot. And I think now that he's had some time off, I think he's going to be even more determined to show what he can do. And for me, that that gives us the basis for a, a sort of exciting and almost free-flowing front four, front front five almost, if Tielemans is there. But I, I think that will upset West Ham a little bit because they tend to play, they often play with three centre-halves. So having two up against them is going to cause them a problem as well. But then their, their wing-backs like to get forward, which is going to create space for our three, who's sitting in behind the front two, to expose those spaces in behind the full-backs as well. So I, I, I personally... I like it as a as a quite exciting team, and I think we can really take the game to to West Ham with that formation. It certainly is, Richard. I'd agree with that, Craig. It, it is an exciting team, and looking at that, um, <laughs> if it was three or four nil, you, you know, you, you you wouldn't you wouldn't argue. I mean, we've kind of stumbled on this um, Ianacho Vardy partnership. It, it's not worked before when it's been tried, but it's been given a bit of a player now that longer than it's ever been before. Vardy's becoming more of, of the befider and, if you like, distraction because you can't, whether, you know, Vardy's on form or not, you cannot let Vardy run and not you know, have a couple of defenders go with him, which gives Inacho the space. It, those two together really are exciting. Yeah, I think we've been fortunate to, like you say, to stumble across that almost, been pushed into mm. it and um, it's it's been delightful, hasn't it? I think that... The, yeah. The partnership between them has created so many goals and chances, and and also within in the actual they he can drop off a little bit deep and, and and you know receive the ball with his back back to the ball and lay it off. You know he's he's done so well, hasn't he? When he's, since he's come yeah. in, he almost gives you a, a higher end midfield player as well because he's got that ability uh, with, with Vardy always on the shoulder, always looking on the shoulder. Um, yeah, it's it's completely different. Aspects of what we thought we'd have before, but I think that team there would, you know, if, if Brendan went with that, it, it would prove his intentions that we need we want that third place spot. You know, it's yes. it, that's the difference, is it? Do you want to go there and grind out a, a, a draw? I don't think we do. I think we need to go there and just win the game. Yeah, Greg. I mean, I mean, the, the, one of the reasons I have put on the pounds. Uh, during this lockdown is the humble pie that I've been eating these uh, last, last three or four weeks. And I'm, and I'm very, I mean, I loved Inacho. I thought he was a brilliant signing. He, he's turning into a player that I thought we had signed. I was very critical of him, um, but he, he has come good. I can say that humble pie is tasting really nice, but he's not just a I mean, goal scorer. Sometimes I look at him and he has got an absolutely lovely first touch. He has. I think uh, the, the the one that springs to mind, I think, was um, James Justin's goal uh, away at Fulham when uh, he dropped deep. I think he was only just in, in their half, but he, he dropped deep to receive the ball, uh, dropped a shoulder and turned away from the defender easily and then played a great ball into Madison, who then held it up for James Justin to join in. So... I think he's comfortable with that. The more minutes he gets, the more confident he gets. And we've always said that Ian Acho's a confidence player. And uh, mm -hmm. and we're starting to see that now. And, uh, and long may it continue. 
Indeed. Looking at this, it's um, I think we've all agreed there that it's going to be a very, very exciting team, Craig. And I'm always interested to see, and Richard will be here with me, uh, with us to, uh, on Sunday for the pre-match, just to see how close Brendan, because he does watch this, Brendan. People people don't believe this, but he does, he does watch this to see what team Craig's picks, and then he goes out and picks the completely opposite. <laughs> but we will see how close that is. But yeah, let's have a look at what we've got coming up, and we'll, we'll, we'll sort of coming towards the end now. But you know, we've got a really particularly hard finish. Um, although the the three teams that we're all being told is going to be really really hard for us, we have beaten them all this season, so maybe it's not as bad. West Ham, our nearest rivals at the moment, which is why I've done this. I couldn't do it for everybody. They've got a lot easier looking at it on paper running. Um, Looking at that, West Brom, Palace, Southampton, Newcastle, you would hope we'd get a minimum of three wins out of that, wouldn't you, Richard? You'd like to think so, but this is the Premier League, isn't it? You know, exactly. on any, any given day, any team in that Premier League can beat each other. So it just depends which team turns up, I'm afraid. Um, yeah. We'd all like to think, yeah, we'll get it done and dusted before the... The last three games, but it's never going to happen, is it? <laughs> no, no, indeed, indeed. I can say, especially with Leicester, it is a case of which Leicester, you know, is going to turn up. I often say, you know, with the real Leicester, please stand up because we've no idea who you are, uh, Craig. I mean, looking at you know, according to the national newspapers, West Ham have got one of the easier runnings there. That said, Newcastle, Burnley, Brighton fighting for their lives. You'd probably say um, West Brom will be down by then. Uh, Southampton, the last game of the season, will probably be safe. Chelsea, you, you know, that could be a tough game. But they've got pretty much... And this is the worrying thing is, although I, know they, I do take on board what Richard says, anybody can beat anybody, but they do have not a, the most difficult of running, shall we say. Mm -hmm. For me, and I think we've said this the last couple of weeks, I'm, I'm sure... Brendan uh, is thinking the same way. Those five games that we've got next is our season. You know, that's if we come through theirs, those, as I say, with sort of 10 points upwards, I think that should be enough that if we need to grind out a couple of draws in the end, then we, then we can do so. I think he's, he's, he's got to be targeting these next four, five games as the make or break of this season. Okay, it's, it's that time of the week when we all make ourselves look silly. Well, some people do because they get the score wrong. Some of us, I have to say this, um, actually, uh, a topping of the league, a topping of the fantasy league over three ex-players. <coughs> oh, don't know who that could be. But let's have a look at what the um, what the predictions have come for uh, this game. So... Here we go, and then I'll get your predictions as well, guys. Steve Walsh has gone for a 2-2. Uh, Steve Linex, as I said to you before that we came live, Richard, he's gone for a 2-0 to West Ham, but he does he realises he's bottom of the league, he's not gonna win it, <laughs> and he just goes through first psychology because he's never he's only got one right all season. Big Marsh has gone for a 2-2. I was tempted, I've got to be honest with you, I was tempted to go 2-2 as well, but to be different, I thought 
we might just sneak it. And I've obviously, as you can see there, gone for 2-1. We'll come to you first, Richard. What what do you think it's going to be? Um, well, if Brendan picks Craig's team, then it's going to be 3-1. <laughs> 3-1. <laughs> Yeah. If he doesn't yeah. pick Craig's team, then I think we still might sneak it 2-1. I can't wait for the game now. I can't wait for the game. <laughs> TM's gone 2-2 there, agreeing with Marshy and uh, and Walshy. Um, Craig, you never agree with me. Uh, no, a couple of times I have, and it's really, really hurt me. Um, you know, as you say... Uh, and 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 thanks for supporting that team, Richard. Um, just call me the entertainer. I I, I think three one as well. I'm going for a three one. Craig, Craig in his team selection is the Aussie RD list of uh, of Leicester City team picking, aren't you? All out attack. <laughs> but, uh, and we'll we'll just say here that. Um, we won't come up now, but Peter Hyde has gone for a 3-1 to Leicester. He's agreeing with you too. And then again, somebody's got to uh, to agree with you, Craig. Um, <laughs> we, we have a love relationship, uh, Richard. We love ourselves and hate each other. <laughs> I, I jest, of course. Richard, it's been great to have you on. Thanks very much for coming on, mate. Uh, it's been great. Always good to have another... Uh, an ex-player's perspective on things shows us we really, really don't know what we're talking about at all. I will see you, God willing, uh, about quarter past one on Sunday and as after, just after the team's announced. Yep, absolutely. Thanks, Chris. Cheers, Craig. Brilliant. Thank Thanks. you. So it's gone on so long. Thanks very much, Richard. All the best, mate. Take care. Cheers, Richard. Good, mate. Thanks a lot to Richard there. Uh, Andy is agreeing with you here, Craig. Uh, it's 3-1. <laughs> Craig will be unbearable. <laughs> no, not at all. Andy, Andy, I've got to just say, when you said will be, what's this will be? <laughs> <laughs> you should have put a full stop after 3-1, full stop, and then Craig is unbearable. That would have been correct. If it is, we'll have somebody else on next week. Craig, as <laughs> always, sir, my, my wise old sage, a pleasure to have you on. Thank you very much, young man. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, everyone. Should have gone to Specsavers, as you know, <laughs> young man. <laughs> Guys, yeah. thanks a lot. To see you uh, see you next week, Craig. Yeah. Thanks a lot to, to Craig and thanks a lot to Richard there. Um, great show. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Um, we will see uh, on Saturday at quarter past one um, with Josh and Richard will be back just to see how close Craig has got to, um, to getting his team right. Uh, it will be interesting to see. Um, Five past two, it's the match. We're hopefully going to be doing a watch-along uh, with Josh. And you'll hear lots of swearing. We're not commentating. Put it on the TV if you've got Sky. Turn the sound off. Because you know they'll be talking 90% West Ham anyway. Put the sound on for me and Josh and uh, join in. And we'll have a bit of a giggle while we watch it. And then 4.35, the post-match show with um, X-Fox, Julian Watts, and, um, of course, um, Brad. 
If you want to listen back to this, you can do. You can watch it on Lester Till I Die TV. Please, please give us a subscribe if you're doing that. We would love you forever. Or if you want to listen to it on podcast form while you're doing the washing up for the missus, we're on Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and Amazon Music. And if you've got a smart speaker, just say, play the podcast, Lester Till I Die, and you will be able to uh, pick us up. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks for joining in. Thanks for all the fans from other groups that have popped in as well. Nice to always see you. Uh, I will see you on Saturday, on Sunday. I'll see you on Sunday. Have a good weekend. Take care. See you then. Goodbye now. Hello, Matt Elliott here. Be sure to watch Lester Till I Die TV on YouTube and follow all their social media platforms for all the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football Club. Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. They think it's all over. It is now. <laughs>